Lakeside Church. On YouTube there, hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, but also below there in the on the gear, you can speed up the podcast. Maybe you don't have the full time of the podcast to listen to. You can put it 1.2, 1.5, or if you're really daring, put it at two times speed and try to just listen to all of it um, quicker. And we know that some people are doing that the last couple of weeks. And so we're excited to start again. And I think I think David's going to start us off with a question yeah. he has. I, I'm, I'm ready to grill Eric. I feel like this is like, this is, if you're going to grill a pastor, this is the most fun, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm come ready. on, let's come go. on, see, let's do this. Yeah. So, all right. So um, this week in your sermon, you, t- yeah. you talked about how the last several weeks we've spent time in the spiritual gifts. This yeah. week you moved on to the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, why is it important that we make that shift and we start talking about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's been a couple of people approach me and say, you know, he kind of flipped it. You should have started talking about the Holy Spirit first and then talk about the gifts he gives you. Uh, and that would have been a great idea if I had thought of that before. So uh, I thought <laughs> well, this, was, well, this was just going to be a series on the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, oh my goodness, how can we talk about the gifts of the Spirit using his power uh, without knowing the person? That mm-hmm. That's almost like saying, I'm friends with you only because you got a lot of money, but I don't really care about you as the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I think it's valuable because there's some biblical precedent of people who want to utilize the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whether they're believers or not, they just see the effects of the Spirit in the community. And they say, I want that. Um, um, but they don't actually have much of a relationship with the Holy Spirit itself. One example of that is um, when some disciples were, um, they, they encounter a guy by the name of Simon the Sorcerer. And this guy as a magician could do some pretty crazy things. And you could argue with me or not whether or not he had power from the demonic or if he was faking people out. But th- he sees the disciples come and do these miraculous things by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, I'll pay whatever I gotta pay to get that power. Um, and it did not turn out well for him. They can read about that in the book of Acts if they want to, but um, I think there's enough precedent to say we can want his power, but not really care about a relationship with the spirit. Uh, And it's the same thing for Jesus. We could want his salvation, and so we could say the prayer, and to some of us, that just might be fire insurance. Um, But I think what Jesus is more after is is a relationship with us. So I think that's why I needed to make that shift um, to saying we have to talk about getting to know the Holy Spirit for that relational aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and then I think whatever power that he gives us to perform our spiritual gifts um, will have a whole lot more grounding and stability to it. So yeah. that, that's kind of the motivation for that pivot. Yeah, so part of that pivot, you mentioned that the Holy Spirit is a person. Yeah. It's not a force. He's yeah. not a, uh, a, a ghost. Right. Why is that distinction important? Like, why? Wait, wait, wait. Why? Isn't the Holy Spirit in it? I, I, I thought that's what it was. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, but remember, we've already talked about it, yeah. haven't we? But yes. why, why is yeah. that? Why is that distinction so important? Like, why should we view the Holy Spirit as a person and not just a force or an it? Well, I mean, how would I want? How would my wife want to see me? Uh, so do I see her as just wife or do I see her as Heather? Does she have a unique personality? Does she have unique characteristics? Mm. Um, and so is our, is my relationship to my wife, is it strictly, um, transactional? It's, we do stuff for each other, for each other's mutual benefit, but outside of that mutual benefit, there's no relationship. Well, that kind of marriage doesn't last ever. Um, and so my wife and I, what we want for each other is not what we can do for each other, but we just want each other. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if that's the way that a marriage works, then that's the way that uh, any kind of relationship with a person works. 
Um, so as, as long as we see the Holy Spirit as an it, as opposed to a he or a person, then all of our relationship with him is going to be transactional. And then we'll be disappointed that we don't get from him what we want from him. And then our whole theology could be blown out of proportion um, because now it's not a trinity. Now it's a dual kind of Godhead where it's just God the Father and God the Son. And the Holy Spirit is is like God's personality at best. Hmm. And it, it just doesn't make sense. And it's not functional in our in our faith. There, there was two aspects of that as you talked about it that really connected with me. You started the sermon on Sunday by talking about the two extremes. One, the Holy Spirit's kind of superstitious, like, yeah. ooh, it's a magical yeah. force, right? Yeah. And, and, and David, you mentioned that, but also um, not knowing what to think, so we just kind of avoid the Spirit. Mm. So even taking a step back from the relationship part that you guys just talked about, like, how do we review our view of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Like, mm. do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, how do we identify that, oh, I've been thinking about this as a superstition or I've been thinking about this as mm. this nebulous force or I'm listening to this sermon series and I'm just not connecting with it because I don't even, still don't know what to think. Hmm. And I'm not willing to take a step out. I know that's so big picture. I, there's not really a good answer for it. Wow. But I think in some ways, how do we review our view of the Holy Spirit and how we interact with it? Go ahead, man. Him. Yeah, that's right. You Come said on. it. Come Good. on. You Good job. See, and that's and that that actually so I'll nice I'll, I'll, I'll pivot a little bit. Maybe we can answer the question a little differently. You said be careful not only wanting to know the power and not wanting to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. to know the person. Yep. Right? And so I think most of us in the church want to have a relation with Jesus. We hear about that all day long. Mm-hmm. Since I was a child, have a relationship with Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus. I've never heard in my entire life, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I mean, seriously, think about it. Like, yeah. have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So how do we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit as a person in the Trinity? I think that's how we review it, but that's, hmm. that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, there, especially at Brookside, Brookside's historical roots is Mennonite. And um, I don't know everything about the Mennonite denomination, especially in decades and generations hmm. past. But what I do know is that hmm. the Mennonite culture historically has been an avoidance of anything that is um, um, not stoic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like, know the Bible, know the content, be able to memorize it and say, here is what I did to follow the formula of salvation and do what I need to do as, as a believer, right? But in terms of like the emotional, um, relational, the feeling part of the relationship with Jesus, we've avoided that because I think historically, a lot of us have been burned by the abuse of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're going to have a relationship with Jesus, does that mean that I'm going to have like fall into some trances or does that mean I'm going to speak in a language that I don't understand? Or does that mean that somebody's going to come over me and just slay me in the spirit? Mm-hmm. So I think that we're nervous of, of, of the extreme expressions of the spirit, which may or may not be legitimate and genuine. It could, we could be, people might be faking and, this out. And so. is that an excuse to not even care about the spirit. We don't have a relation with the spirit because we're afraid of that. I think it's is a self, I think it's a self-defense mechanism. Okay. Um, I, I think that we, we avoid the Holy Spirit as a way to protect our faith mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get confusing. Um, but I think what we don't realize we're ha- is happening is we're actually undercutting um, what it actually means to have a relationship with Jesus. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you do not have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, I have to go away and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit hmm. and he's going to teach you and be the very help that, that I was to you. Hmm. Um, and I don't think you can, you can separate a relationship with Jesus from a relationship with, 
with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Even though you might not understand it, you mm. can't separate. Well, it. this is not a question I have right. thought about, but I'm just saying like, I feel like when you say that, a lot of us are missing the boat. Like we've mm. been taught our whole lives, have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And I don't hear the Holy Spirit well, in that, that, we gotta be, that statement. Okay, go ahead. We got to be careful yeah. though, because people might hear that. Say, are you, is my pastor telling me that because I don't know about a relationship with Jesus, a Holy Spirit, that I don't have a relationship with no, Jesus? I'm I'm not not, yeah, no, not I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just, right. I'm just saying it's hard because we're separating something. We, that, it's the right. whole Trinity. We've we have a relationship so much, with God the Father. Oh, yeah. I, I pray to the heavenly Father. Yeah. Right. And have I ever prayed to Jesus? My kids are always, they're always like, dear Jesus. Right. You know? And then mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, Holy Spirit, help me. Mm-hmm. We're praying to all of them, right? Yeah. So essentially we, what I'm saying is, is like you just said, it seems like the Holy Spirit is the forgotten part of the Trinity mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the ways that we can remember him is praying to him. Like one of the things that I've done in my walk is I intentionally take times, like you said, to pray, Holy Spirit, like make me aware of your presence. Like we sing that all the time. Right. And, and I think a lot of times we're just like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a fun thing to say. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Holy spirit, make us aware of your presence. But that, that little phrase actually does a lot in our walk with him and knowing him as a person instead of just a force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he, he can be known. Yeah. Um, and if he was dead and he wasn't knowable, then he'd just be an idea, which is, I think, what mm. some of us see him as, and therefore we avoid him. Mm. Uh, but Jesus said he's just as real as I am. Mm. So, uh, so, so Sunday, you focused on one part of the Holy Spirit, though. That's why our pivot, so you're talking about the helper, right? Yeah. yeah. And towards the end, you read a verse that I just keyed into, and I thought, I, I feel like we need to unpack this a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. Yeah. was also called the spirit of truth. And we live in a world that says, speak your truth and speak your truth means tell people whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And we just mm. have to accept that because everyone's perspective is truth. Mm. And so when I hear the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, how can we live with the spirit of truth? I mean, does the Holy Spirit balance out as the scripture talks about that spirit of deception in the world? Because everyone's truth can't be the truth, right? I mean, that's what we would see from scripture. And so what, what does that look like? I don't even know what that looks like. To, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would say that the spirit of truth is a balance of all the other truth. I think I would say the Holy Spirit's a protection from all the other perceived okay. truth, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. our, our culture today is, um, I mean, there's no absolute truth anywhere in culture. And I think our political climate has only exacerbated that, right? Uh, but when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, um, there's a comfort to that because the closer you are to him, the more in tune you are with him, you can be exposed mm-hmm. to all kinds of fake truths. And as persuasive as they might sound, there's, there's something like a little alarm bell going off in your mind where the Holy Spirit has said, be careful with that, be careful with that. And the more you know scripture, the more he reminds you of the mm-hmm. truth of scripture. So it's a protection of your mind being deceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think that's why I think the more that we know the words of Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit has to remind us of truth when we're exposed to fake truth. Um, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about fake truth as in you know some people believe that the creation is 10 billion years old. Some people believe it's 10,000 years old. I don't I don't know if that's the stuff that he's really centering on. I think it's more of is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life? And when you have culture, even in some churches saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking 
Jesus out of the centricity of salvation, then the Holy Spirit, that's when he goes uh, hardcore and says, don't believe it, don't Mm. believe it. And he's a protection from deception. So what do you think, David? I kind of want to hear from you on this too. It's like spirit of truth and deception. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's, I I feel like the spirit of truth, he he gives you that discernment. I mean, like you you mentioned um, what in one of your take it homes, you said uh, maybe one of the reasons you have so much confusion and maybe don't feel the Holy Spirit's impact in your life is because we've not given the Holy Spirit anything to remind us of. And so being in the word and being in the truth, if we truly believe that this is the truth, this is the word of God, and Jesus is the word made flesh, if, we're, if we draw our attention to Jesus and the words that he's saying, then the Holy Spirit has something to remind us of. And so when we encounter things in culture that we're like, hmm, I don't know if that's truth. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, yeah, remember that? Remember what Jesus said? Remember what scripture says? Um, I think that's kind of the spirit of truth that we're given. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even scripture says to worship in spirit and in truth, right? So that's where that, that comes full circle where can we even worship if we don't have the spirit of truth? Because he's not yeah. reminding us of the very words of Jesus and who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, there's actually, I, I was thinking of it when you, said, when you said the spirit of truth and you talked about being in the word, I was even thinking about the fact that scripture talks about how God's gonna illuminate the scripture to mm-hmm. us so we understand it. Because I don't know about you, but I, I've read through passages and I'm just like, I have no idea what this means. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it. And I'll read it again, I'll read it again. And at some point there's this Holy Spirit moment, light bulb goes off. Sometimes it's, <laughs> it's preparing for a sermon and mm-hmm. you're like, it's, it's Saturday and I'm still, I don't feel like this is hitting yet, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just reveals exactly what needs to be said in the exact moment. And I think one of the things about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth is it's humbling for us. It's not, we're not the source of truth. It's the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And it's God's word being illuminated to us from the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is like, it, it, it goes back to it being, a, it, I just yeah. did it again. That's gonna be on the podcast. That, we're gonna have video. a video button. I know, it, <laughs> he, the person, I was literally gonna say it, yeah. the person, and uh, that's what caught me. So the person of the Holy Spirit, when you have a relationship, mm. the Holy Spirit is, is with you while you're reading the word of God. Mm. And I think the presence of the Holy Spirit, we, when we think of the, the mystical mm. force, too many times we forget that we say, what would Jesus do? Jesus is like over us, over our shoulder, but really the Holy Spirit is there with us, mm. inside of us, indwelling us so that we can read the word of God. It's like, okay, now that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, right. Like how many but, times have you read a passage and then five minutes later it finally clicks mm-hmm, and you're like, right. thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you have to be aware of his presence in order for it to be illuminated to you? Or do you think he's, he's already working when you're reading it? You know, cause like you said, sometimes you read it and you're like, got nothing. Or, like when we enter scripture, should we be aware of his presence and say, I have no idea what I'm going to read today, but illuminate it to me. Or do you think he's still working even without us? Maybe well, yeah. even. Yeah. A- he can work anytime he wants to. Um, so, that, that's a good question. So, so yeah. I, 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 would, I would argue, Okay. <laughs> I, this is an argument, this is not fact. Don't, don't quote me on this, but I think even if we're not aware of it, there's an openness in the, our core of our soul hmm. to the spirit. It's an openness to the Holy Spirit hmm. that is required. There's a surrendering that happens at some point. We're baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? We, talked hmm. about, we talk about that. 
and there's a point where we're open to the Holy Spirit moving in our life. Mm. When there's a closedness, that's really where we're going to struggle because we're like, I don't want to well, hear this. Well, that, like, there's yeah. a, and maybe it's even spiritual warfare, but it's like a closedness mm. to the Holy Spirit moving in our life. Um, I think I think it's not just an awareness mm. because if it was just an awareness, like there's many times where I don't like think, I need to be open to the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to read the mm-hmm. Bible. Like yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. And there's sometimes where like God chooses to make me wait. I don't think mm. we like that. Mm. The Holy Spirit, like you were just about to say, like you started down the route of, well, the Holy Spirit moves when it wants. Oh yeah, he, he can do that. He. But the Holy Spirit, when he moves <laughs> when he wants hilarious. to. But I think there's ways that you can invite him into it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so what I've discovered yeah. is when I open up my Bible and I start to read, uh, it's very easy for me to try to understand spiritual reality with mm. human lens. And mm. so when I ask the Holy Spirit to open my eyes and open my heart and my mind to the truth of scripture, now all of a sudden I've invited him to give me spiritual mm-hmm. lenses to understand spiritual truth. And when that happens, I'm not saying that every time that happens, I, I discover some profound mystery in mm. scripture. No, no. But there's normally something I have never seen before that I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that before. And so there's this phrase from the ancient... Um, the ancient theologians, they call it the 70 faces of the text. And what it means is you can read the same text over and over and over again. And every time the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to it, you'll discover something new about it, almost like peeling back an onion. Um, And so that's why I believe if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into the truth of scripture, it doesn't matter how many times you've read the same text, Mm. there's something fresh about it. Mm. And that, I really want Brookside to know that because there's been so many people who have said, you know, I have a hard time reading my Bible Mm -hmm. because I already know the stories. (laughs) And you can recite the stories and still not understand the depths of it. But what I love about the spirit being the spirit of truth is that is just the tip of the spear of the truth that he leads us into. and I'm, I'm thinking of scriptures where, where especially Jesus, he would go into certain regions. Like there's one time he and his disciples cross the Sea of Galilee and they step into this place called the region of the Gerasenes. And as soon as they step off the boat, there's this dude with multiple demons inside of him. And they, this guy runs towards Jesus. And I think, I think that's because you won't see it in the text that the demonic world inside of the man fully recognized the spirit of God inside Jesus. And there's different times where Jesus casts out demonic um, forces from other people and he calls them by name. Hmm. And I think it's when you're so in tune with the Holy Spirit, you can discern, Hmm. maybe not as good as Jesus, you can (laughs) discern what kind of spirit Hmm. is in somebody else. And that is really, really fascinating to me. Um, And he just leads you into all kinds of discernment. Um, and And then he has the power to he has the power to guide you through the scenario. Like just not too long ago, I'm sitting down with somebody and um, I get really nervous really quick because this person who is putting some, themselves off as a, as a spiritual authority and was inviting themselves into our ministry, I noticed that over the course of the conversation, I, I'd never heard the name of Jesus one time, but what I did hear is this guy talk all about himself hmm. uh, for the whole hour. And just alarm bells going off in my mind thinking, be careful with this guy, be careful with this guy. And I want to believe that was the Holy Spirit leading me into truth. Hmm. I could be wrong. Maybe yeah. it was a bad interpretation, but that's, that's hmm. just was interesting to me. I, you, you've used this phrase a few times, tune our hearts to right. his. Um, and you, you, made, you had talked about if we want to experience the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to stay in stream, in step, in tune with the Holy Spirit. 
how do we do that? What does that look like? That's a, oh, that's a great question. I don't think you can do that without consistent relational practice. I mean, I would actually put that question back onto you. I mean, you're our worship leader and part of your job, it's <laughs> yeah. a big job, is to get not only your vocalists, mm-hmm. but all of your instrumentalists in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, it doesn't matter what song you sing. It doesn't matter how awesome it is with the lyrics. Yep. None of us are going to want to listen to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to sound terrible. Yeah. And, and we have an ear that can, that can notice when something is out of tune with something mm-hmm. else. So... You can't do that unless you and your team practice with each other mm-hmm. and you relate to each other. Right. And when you say to somebody, hey, that was a little bit off there. When we hit that note, I need you to, I don't know, whatever it is you do, right? <laughs> but if you're not, you can't just magically be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, and I, I think you're keying into something that people may ask. This is not that they've asked so far, but mm. how can we practically... When we open the word of God, is there, there's no thematic prayer. We've already kind of mm-hmm. gone over that, but like, how do we just open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit mm. to be in tune? Like, mm. I feel, I feel like that's really like the core pe- people may ask, like, how do I do that? And mm. there's no like one way, right? Yeah. We can all agree on that. But I think in some ways you, you talked about being consistent in the word that was mm-hmm. kind of towards the end of the sermon on yeah. Sunday. And I think that that's a practice that leads to an openness but even in that, you need to have openness. So, I mean, is that, is that the foundation, Eric? I mean, I, it is, but you got to be careful because okay. scripture says that my people will worship me in spirit and in truth. Um, the danger is that a lot of people feel or think that they might be in tune with the spirit, but it's not at all grounded on truth. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah. feel like, you know, Holy Spirit told me to divorce my wife. Well, where, well, where is that, that was from, interesting. You know? Okay. Yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, I, I yeah. have too. <laughs> it's... So, so we have to be careful that yeah. the way that we tune ourselves to the Holy Spirit is on that foundation of truth, which the Holy truth, Spirit would yeah. never lead us away from. Mm. That's good. So, so the Holy Spirit basically should drive us more into the word, mm. right? I mean, that's what you're saying. So mm-hmm. there is sort of a, a uh, relationship here that develops because, mm. okay, we're in the word, we're relying on the Holy Spirit. One of the take-home Sunday that I thought was very fascinating to me was be an advertisement for Jesus. Now, I feel like you could take that 50 ways. So I'm gonna take it like and narrow the focus a little bit. Sure. And in light of Romans 1.16 says, for I am ashamed of, uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to mm-hmm. salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew and also the Greek. How can we be a living advertisement of Jesus? I mean, mm-hmm. it says don't be ashamed. So is, does it mean living an unashamed life? Do you, do you know see what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, I do. Uh, I want to hear from David on this one. <laughs> because, because you have something of an advertisement background mm-hmm. and you understand what it means to, um, you understand branding and advertisement, mm-hmm. you understand marketing. And I'm wondering if that, that mindset or that training plays into your understanding of that question. Well, so when I think of advertisement, um, right or wrong, I think of manipulation, right? Okay. If you look at, if you look at any ad, any ad, they, they want to sell you something that you don't need. But, but you can't live without it. Right. You need a Lexus. But we actually, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's yeah. like when I think of advertisement, I almost like kind of cringe because it's, it's, it's just the act of selling something. And I don't like the idea of selling Jesus. But if we were as passionate about 
selling Jesus, which we don't want to sell. But if we were as passionate about talking about Jesus as we were about this product we found on Amazon that landed in our Instagram feed somehow and we showed you seven friends, right? Yeah. And like, I think that there would be such a transformation in our community and even in our congregation. Like if we talked about how Jesus was working in our lives and how the spirit was revealing things to us, if we were open and vulnerable about those things, I think that would just, that would transform an entire city. I mean, that, that would really... A gospel-saturated community, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. See? It's, See? But I think that's nice. the... When well I hear... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I kind of... the adver- That's some branding right there. <laughs> but that, that advertisement thing is, I think it's just the... We have the greatest message ever that we need to share. Oh, yeah. And, and however we can do that, I think it's just through authenticity and, and, mm-hmm. and being a people. Because also in church, we get the, the fake face, right? We come in here... We put on our face and Jesus is awesome. Um, how many times have you walked into church and someone says, how, how are you doing? And you're like, good. And you walk past them. Yep. I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm just, I, I mean, so many times. Right. Like right. it just happens. That's how we've conditioned people in our culture mm-hmm. is just to say, yeah, I'm good. Things are great. You could even say, oh, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. And still walk past somebody. Yes. And that's even a little closer to the truth. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just that, um, I think it's just important to to be true, to be grounded in the truth and then just be vulnerable with that truth. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're an advertisement. We're not trying to manipulate people into now, we, we're Jesus. We're people that is so guarded now against manipulation because we've been mani- manipulated in so many different ways, not just by like car salesmen or ads on TV, mm-hmm. but by even our relationships, we feel manipulated. So we have such a brick wall against that mm-hmm. and our eyes are open to it, which is why I think advertisement is an authentic representation of Jesus himself. And so I'm thinking of the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And so if you have the fruit of the spirit pouring out of your life, there's sometimes you don't need to say a word. It's just that your life is a walking advertisement because you are living out the nature of Jesus because love and joy and peace and patience yeah. and kindness and goodness, self-control mm-hmm. are all pouring out of your life. And so you don't have to say anything sometimes. People just look at that and are like, man, that looks a lot like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And smells a lot like Jesus. That's yeah. why I love what Second Corinthians says: we are the aroma of Christ to those mm. being saved and to those who are perishing. Mm. Um, so it's it's. But if you have that, but then you never use your words to draw them to mm-hmm. Jesus, um, then you're well, missing the opportunity. So, so I I had a very profound moment in my life, and David, I'll I'll let you speak once yeah, I share yeah, this. No, but I good. had a very p- profound moment. I was I was 18 years old, and I had a mentor that I met with. And he sat me down and we're at lunch. We were at a Panda Express in Modesto, California. I still remember exactly, like very vividly. And he says to me, John, it was middle of the conversation. He goes, John, you have a choice. And I was like, okay, all right, what am I going to do? You know, reporting for duty, you know? And, and he said, you have a choice. You, you have an opportunity to lead people to Jesus or lead people away from Jesus. And you need to make that choice now. And I was like, whoa, I felt like a little bit of a burden, a weight at first. And then I thought to myself, I said, I think that's the choice everyone has to make. Mm. And I was like, I want to make that choice. I want to lead people to Jesus. Mm. And it wasn't verbal. Like you were talking about, like this aroma, the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And I think, I think like an unashamed life is when someone notices that aroma, you, you speak up and give glory to God mm-hmm. rather than glory to something else. Yeah. You don't talk about your talents and your abilities. Mm-hmm. 
you, you, if you talk about your gifts, you're pointing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're saying, hey, the Holy Spirit has given me this gift and I just know this. I can think of so many times where I've walked into a situation with a complete stranger and all of a sudden they're telling me things and towards the end of the conversation, it's usually, usually men in the grocery store. I don't know why, but they say, I've never told my wife this. Mm. And I'm like, why are you telling me as a stranger? <laughs> That's a gift of the Holy Spirit that mm. they would tell me enough that I can pray for them in their grief or whatever they're struggling with. And I'm like, uh, okay, God, I guess I'll do that. But mm. in that moment, there's two things I can do. I can receive the Holy Spirit gift mm. that I have there or be like, ah, I've been at the grocery store for 45 minutes and I, I got to get home. <laughs> I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to pray. Mm. I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm not going to sense what you sensed the other day when you were in the room with them. I'm, I was sensing a hurting person, but I'm just going to back off. Mm. And I can tell you, there's so many times where I think we, we don't realize our relationship with the Holy Spirit as a person, David, <laughs> as a person Amen. is, is something that happens every day. Mm. And when we're close to that, we miss the fact mm. that we see, we see the woman uh, at the grocery store that drops something and she's got four kids and things are crazy. And you could pick that up for her and give it to her mm. and do something kind mm. in that one moment. That's fruit of the spirit yeah. instead of just walking by. Mm. Or you see someone grieving and they're looking at flowers and you're like, why are they mm. buying flowers? Maybe someone died. Like what is going on in that person's life? And I mm. think we're so, we're so sped up. Yeah. That the Holy Spirit many times mm. is saying, take a breath and slow down mm. and pay attention. Mm. So I, that really yeah. pivoted a little bit, but I, I just felt like I needed to share that. Yeah. Go, going back to the advertisement thing you asked <laughs> me, um, as you were talking, as you were talking even, uh, I got this picture of like, you know, there's a billboard advertisement and then there's the word of mouth advertisement. And as a business or as, as uh somebody who's trying to sell something, the word of mouth advertisement is worth more because it's out of relationship. But you can't pay for it. Exactly. And, and it's actually better because you don't have to pay for it. And I think sometimes in church, we're really good at the, the billboard advertisement where we're like on Facebook, like share this if you love Jesus. And if you don't, you know, you don't actually love him, and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 which is Whoa. total, which is just like total yeah. bogus. Don't do That's that. Right. Um, but ignore it. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's better ways to love Jesus. Um, but I think. Like that's, that's, a, that's a mental shift for us as we're thinking about being a, an advertisement for Jesus being, we don't, we don't, you know, a billboard is only gonna catch so much attention. Uh, we, can, we can, as a church, we can, we can do a Sunday service. That can be a billboard, but that doesn't, that's not going to meet people in relationship. Now there's relationship involved, but that, that in the grocery store, taking a moment of just building some form of relationship, even if it's just a, hey, how are you actually doing? Um, I don't know you, but I noticed your, your stuff's all over. Like, what's, <laughs> yeah. go, what's going on? Um, that, I, th I think, is almost what Jesus wants us. He wants us to be that word of mouth advertisement of saying, hey, I care about you. And let me tell you about Jesus. There's not a lot of people that care in this world. I don't know about you, but I've been very hurt by people that don't care. And many of them claim to follow Christ. And I know their heart and their intent is, is good. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit as a helper, I think that's the number one thing that it can help us with mm -hmm. in every context is just learning to care in a different way mm -hmm. than we are comfortable with. Yeah. So like when you're talking about that word of mouth, I'm like thinking, 
man, it's not always the words, Eric. Like, I love that you said it that way. It's not just like what we say. Because mm. some people think like, when I, when I mentioned Romans 1.16, some people think unashamed means, you know, mm-hmm. unashamed. I'm going to quote scripture all day long, which, hey, that's great. But on the other hand, when you quote scripture and people see your life and it doesn't match up, mm. that's not word of mouth. That's mm. people, that's deflecting. And that goes back to what that guy said to me when I was 18. Mm. Are you going to have people pursue Christ, follow Christ, or are you have people push people away from Christ? Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of the lens that mm. many of us can take with the Holy Spirit is, is, is just helping us pursue God mm. or are we, are we pulling people away from mm. God? Um, and, and I know that wasn't really in your sermon, but hey, this is why it's church unscripted, <laughs> oh, right? Perfect. This that's is the perfect. Holy Spirit yeah. discussing mm. this. So I have one thing. I don't know, if David, do you have another question there? I don't have any more questions. Do you have any more questions? I have one thing that I kind of want to hear from both you guys about. And maybe we partially unpack this, but what does it mean to take on or hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something or say something or be something? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can, how can the Holy Spirit, since we are having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, how can we hear what God hears from others? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that discernment. That is, that is a very, very practical question. I really like that because Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit is the same as the voice of Jesus. And so Preach more, it. <laughs> <laughs> if you get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, then you'll be able to discern um, his voice compared to like your own thoughts or even perhaps worse, mm-hmm. the voice of evil, you know, um, or culture for that mm-hmm. matter. And I remember struggling with, was that my thought? Was that the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. thought? Where'd that come from? And just kind of feeling frozen. And what do I do about mm-hmm. this? But um, I have seen this played out in really cool ways. And you've given some examples about this of when you're in the grocery store and you see that single mom struggling with four kids Mm -hmm. and they've got a grocery cart uh, and they're struggling to push it around. I mean, what does it look like for the follower of Jesus to not just walk up and be like, hey, God bless you and then walk away. That's that's counterproductive. (laughs) But walk up and say, hey, can I help you in any Mm -hmm. way? Um, Or when... I mean, there's so many different ways the Holy Spirit nudges you, if you can hear his mm, voice, mm. to live out the life of Jesus and mm. be the aroma of Christ. And if somebody is stuck on the side of the road, um, instead of making sure you're on time to your appointment, what if you pull over and say, can I help you? Mm. Um, and, and so, and it's God the, can give you discernment if that's like a bad situation. Oh, I mean, yeah. I thought of one time, a yeah, friend yeah. of mine, he's like, I stopped for everyone. Right. And he stopped one time and he found out that those people yeah. were like jumping people on the side of the road. And yeah. God told him like, Right. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, like what happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think the Holy Spirit in those moments provides discernment. Yeah, he has to. I mean, there's a really cool story in the book of Acts. Uh, two guys, Peter and John. The Bible says they're walking up to the temple at three o'clock at the time of prayer, right? So they're pretty much going to church mm-hmm. and you don't miss church. And it says they're on the way up. And then somebody says, hey, do you have some money for me? Mm-hmm. And I love what, what they said. And it's really practical for us. Um, They said, silver or gold, we do not have, but what I have, I give you. Mm. And I think that was critical because I think the Holy Spirit uses what you have to serve other people. Mm. He's not going to ask you to serve other people with what you don't have. Mm. Um, So is it a surrendering? Are we surrendering our our will? You have to. I mean, the Holy Spirit's not going to brute force something out of Mm. you uh, because that's what relationships, relationships don't do Mm. that. Transactions do that. Hmm. Uh, but relationships invite you to use what you've been given and what you have for the same kind of purposes. Hmm. Um, and that's why I think that, that 
passage is really critical for us to say, all right, what is it that I have and how's the Holy Spirit calling me to use it? Hmm. Um, And that's why we love people to identify not just what their spiritual gifts are, but what their talents are. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and I've got a great friend uh, right here at church. His name is Joe. You guys know him too. And he's a mechanic. (laughs) And there's been several times where he has given of his own time and resources for free to help people with have mechanical car problems. And that is a shining example of what it looks like to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, um, here's what you have. I want you to use it to serve yeah. other people. Yeah. yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and do as you please. And the first time I heard that, I think I was in high school, and I really wrestled with that. I'm like, how can I do that? Because what, what I in my flesh would desire is not like... I don't know how to do this. But the more I've learned and the more I've discerned is, is that actually the, what we please, it, the more we're in the word, the more we're loving Jesus, the more we're getting into truth, the more what we please is actually his presence and doing as he commanded. And so it's like this, this, uh, this cycle of, okay, I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And now I get to do what I please because my pleasure is in his presence. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think that's like, that's what you're asking is like, how do we, how do we do that? Well, it sounds really basic, but like get in the word. Yeah, yeah. Know Jesus. Yeah. Well, so the most misquoted verse outside of Jeremiah 29, 11, okay, <laughs> just so we're clear, uh, is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. I've heard it quoted so many times. Mm-hmm. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And then all of a sudden you're going to get you're going to be miraculously healed, let's say, or you're going to get the car you want, or you're going to get your down payment on your house or whatever it might be. I think that's exactly what you're saying there, David, is delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart because your desires will be in alignment with his will. The Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. will come as a helper, as a spirit of truth, and you will have the desires that God desires for you. And he will, he will give you that. Delight yourself in the Lord. So the first step is delight yourself in the Lord. And I think that's, I mean, that's the practical step. Yeah. If we're not delighting ourselves in the Lord, what are we delighting ourselves in? Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're going to be let down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's just nothing else that we can delight ourselves in. Yeah. So, so, so Eric, we're, I know you weren't expecting this question, but where are we going with this series? I mean, we're going to be talking about different names of the Holy Spirit. What are some of the things that we're... Hmm going to be talking about and maybe we we can close our time today in that i just i'm hmm. curious yeah that's fine and and i'd love to just kind of get heads up on what's coming and the good thing is that there were so many different names of the holy spirit that we actually had to cut some out to make it in time for easter so, <laughs> okay, which is which good. is really good but i mean throughout scripture the holy spirit is called the breath yeah. uh, he's the one that gives us life he is called new wine and this is what jesus says uh, I've come to bring new wine um, because new wine and old wine skins, that just doesn't work. The Holy Spirit is a new wine for our, our souls. Um, um, he is called fire and wind, especially. You gave Acts me chapter. that one. I'm going to be preaching on that. I'm uh, excited, you're man. Welcome. You're going to have fun <laughs> I'm with excited. that one. Uh, but that's Acts chapter, that's the early chapters of Acts yeah. where uh, the, the believers were all together and worshiping God. And all of a sudden, um, there was a wind in this room that was all shut up and locked up and tongues of fire came down and rested yeah. on them and they were filled with the spirit. And um, if you're Pentecostal, you'll take that in one direction. If you're not, you'll interpret it differently. But visual that's, aid, that's, that's all right. I'm saying. Like, that's right. <laughs> that's why um, 
there, there's so many different name descriptors of the Holy Spirit. And like I said this weekend, uh, there's always purpose and meaning embedded mm. into a name. Yeah. And it has practical realities for each one of us. So I'm excited to go into each one of these and keep this conversation going. We're looking forward to it. There we so. go.